I was just thinking of my own situation too. Mm -hmm. And I happened to be born into a place where, for example, it was a peaceful country. There was no war. Um, if you turn on the tap, there's water. Yeah. I didn't ever go fetch water. Um, and then I was well taken care of by my parents. Um, we were in a fortunate position. We weren't ever thinking, oh, where's the next meal going to come from? There was stability. Mm -hmm. I just thought, how can me, one person, have all of these resources available to me? And I was just born into it. It's not like I worked on something, put a lot of value out into the world, and then, you know, it, it comes back. I was just born into it. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, you know, I guess maybe I have all these resources available because then it will help me to kind of serve other people who don't have that because it's, or I'm already in a position where I have these things um, and, and this level of stability mm -hmm. that what I should do with it, what, what I should do with all these resources is give a hand to others um, who didn't have such a good start to life. Welcome back, Envisionaries, to the Dream Into Being podcast, where mind science, transformational psychology, and magic all merge into one. If you're ready to dream again and transcend the inertia of what you've known, then I invite you to join me, your host and Envisioneer, Kat Divine, in expanding the boundaries of your own fantasia by remembering that you are the master you've been waiting for. Welcome, Rose. Thank you so much for joining us today. I've actually been so looking forward to this particular interview for so many reasons. Um, as I've already shared with you, you are one person in my life that has been such an inspiration for so many reasons that we're actually going to get into on today's episode. But you are really the epitome of the type of person that I personally want to serve because of your heart and because of your vision for what is possible through what I'm calling the kindness experiment. So we're actually going to take a deeper dive into, and actually this is the kickoff episode for the entire series for the kindness experiment series, where we're going to really take a look at kindness and the true power of it and what kind of an impact it can have um, on our own lives, on the lives of people around us, and, you know, eventually globally, collectively, and as a species, like what does kindness do to the soul? So as you know, one of my intentions for the show is to bring in some more presence by celebrating ourselves and celebrating our accomplishments. So if you wouldn't mind, I would love for you to introduce yourself briefly to the listeners today and just go into like a little mini brag session of, yeah, what you have accomplished in the realm of kindness and just kind of share a little intro to your life. Oh, thank you so, so much. And thank you for inviting me onto your wonderful podcast and this amazing series too. Mm -hmm. Um and yeah, to start with a, a kind of a brag, uh, let's see. Well, I, I guess, first of all, it would be um, 
the words that you just said right now. Um, and I'm really grateful for that. And um, to be invited onto your podcast is one thing I would start with. Um, <laughs> you thought I was worthy to be on here. Oh. So thank you. Thank you so much for that. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm guessing going into why uh, maybe you invited me on uh, was possibly some of the things I've been doing in the nonprofit world. Mm -hmm. um, so starting a nonprofit that's serving children and youth. Uh, in various parts of the world and um, working with the local organizations where the people are doing such amazing work and being able to coordinate with them uh, to help with their programs um, and projects to better the lives of children and youth. Yes, uh, it's just, it really is such an amazing thing to witness, Rose. You know, it's it's something that I have always witnessed from afar. And have done, you know, little made efforts to contribute to that world in my own way. However, meeting a real life superhero, somebody like you who has accomplished something that is actually changing the quality of lives for other people all over the world is such a superpower and possibly very under-recognized and under-celebrated. So that's really something that I want to focus on today is really celebrating uh, the heroes behind the scenes that are making these kinds of things happen because I know they're not easy. And right. so I just want to thank you so much for being willing to share your story and in fact, I, I want to take this moment to preface this whole interview. Um, one of the things that I truly value and is going to be like really deeply woven into all of the content that I create and all the shows that I produce is a layer of vulnerability, authenticity, and transparency about the real life experience of some of these things that maybe feel like hard to understand from the outsider's point of view. However, yeah. one of the other pieces that I really value is safety, especially safety and connection. And I know that there is a possibility of missed opportunities and potentials for people to share their story simply because the online space is not always the most safe, unfortunately, and there's always so many details to consider, especially somebody coming from your background, uh, mm -hmm. where your actions and your words affect so many other people. And so that's something that I just wanted to say thank you so much and also be really transparent with our listeners today is we have actually chosen to make this particular interview audio only off camera and anonymous. So we've actually changed the name of our guest. However, we're going to be calling her Rose today. And it's just something I wanted to let everybody know that besides those details, everything else is going to be the raw unfiltered truth of the reality of what goes into the nonprofit world and what does it take to make a vision and dream a reality, especially when we're helping others and living our own version of the kindness experiment. So I just wanted to preface that if you had anything else to add before we jump into the interview, please feel free. 
Oh, no, that all sounded really good. <laughs> Thank <Okay>. you. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. So what I would love to do is I just, I, I have like a brief understanding of the big vision and the big picture of what it is that you've created. However, I don't even think I know some of the, the early details and some of the early inspirations of exactly how this all started. So as much as you're comfortable with sharing, if you can kind of give us your origin story and the genesis of uh, when this idea came to you, or maybe even starting before that, like what was your life like before you had that vision arrive? And what changed once you had this idea, this inspired idea? And then what did that transition look like? Sure. Well, I actually can't say I had a lot of life experience um, before I took this route. Mm -hmm. um, actually, uh, when I was 12 years old, I had the first sort of feeling that I wanted to volunteer. And I did so at my Sunday school. Uh, we finished at age 13. And then I said, oh, can I be an assistant and help teach the small kids? Oh. And they said yes. So um, I was already into volunteering already. And then uh, taking that further, I went to volunteer abroad um, when I was a little bit older. Uh -huh. um, still, my life experience was basically school, <laughs> so high school. So, yeah, I, I didn't have a lot of uh, life experience with me, but um, it just made such an impact. I was able to go to a project helping children mm -hmm. um, in Africa. And the founder of that project was just so inspirational. And she had given everything in her life to put this amazing effort together wow. to start a school. Yeah, a school for children, um, an outreach program, and even a home for those who were on the street or that the social services were finding a permanent placement for. So there was, you know, a shelter too. Mm -hmm. And I left because it was a placement, but I couldn't, you know, take this out of my mind and my heart. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so physically I left, mm -hmm. but emotionally, oh my goodness. Uh, so I just started to fundraise to support mm, her project, really, um, myself. Um, yeah, the first thing we did well, one of the first things was to help sponsor a water tank uh, because the older children had to walk to a well and um, gather some water and bring it back. But then the water tank means there would be clean water on site. Mm -hmm. So that's actually what they asked us for when I said I was going to fundraise, because that's another wow. thing that I found on my journey. You know, um, people can get very enthusiastic and come in with their own ideas, mm -hmm. but it's very, very important if you're in completely a different culture or even if not but somebody is in your own like country running a project and they know what they're doing that you listen mm -hmm. um so I've seen people maybe not always realizing how important the listening is um so yeah this was always the thing whatever they wanted you you know it's if you can get people involved and help with the fundraising you know it really is meeting a very very important and real need um, so there was that. And then um, I managed to get an internship um, in Asia, a legal internship, because then I was um, going to study law. Mm -hmm. And in my free time, I started to 
volunteer at a center for children with disabilities. And the founder of that center was really inspirational too, um, because her own child had had a disability and she couldn't find a place to help that child. So after studying um, and doing some research and looking at uh, other international centers, helping children uh, with that particular problem, mm -hmm. she set up a center. <laughs> so it was like, and then she was helping other children in that area. So I was just like, wow, oh my goodness. <laughs> just so, so amazing. So yeah, I was really inspired by these women in particular. Um, and then it's kind of like, you can only do so much by yourself. Mm -hmm. So yeah, fundraising is not the easiest thing either. So I thought it would be best to start a nonprofit because then more people could get involved and yeah, more people could help. And then we could reach more children too in time. That's amazing. So from basically going back from the moment of you were saying this was an emotional journey, meaning <clears throat> after you had been exposed to conditions that maybe you were not familiar with or had never seen in real life. And then coming back home to the life that you knew there was something that obviously happened to your heart, um, opening and committing to creating something bigger for just, you know, so many of us are programmed to think only of ourselves and to survive. And so I'm so fascinated by kind of the, that transition point of, especially as a teenager, to have the capacity to see a need and to not just have, you know, the emotional experience, but then to actually take action and start creating something. So was there anything that you can think of that could just help our listeners? Because I think what's so beautiful about your story, Rose, is there, there is so much power in you and there is such an ability to manifest and such an ability to create. And there's like this commitment and there's this follow through. So I'm just curious if there's anything that you could share, if there's anybody listening that has similar desires or has a fire in their belly to give back and maybe just doesn't quite know where to start, where would you guide them on and just taking the first steps? Um, I think if somebody already feels like they want to start, they shouldn't doubt it. Mm. They should follow that feeling. And also, like in my case, I was inspired by these two really amazing women who were doing a lot for the children in their communities. So if you haven't got a lot of experience with something, um, it can help to see what other people are doing. I mean, I didn't go with the aim of that. I was just, um, in the first case, volunteering. And then in the second case, uh, wanting to continue to volunteer, but elsewhere, even though I was doing an internship. But it was just seeing what they were doing and just uh, really wanting to be a part of that. Um, so I think, yeah, if you're around inspirational people or something catches your inspiration, mm. don't let it go. Yeah, I'm just thinking what what else happened along that journey. I guess after that as well, I was just thinking of my own situation too. Mm -hmm. And I happened to be born into a place where, for example, it was 
a peaceful country. There was no war. Um, if you turn on the tap, there's water. Yeah. I didn't ever go fetch water. Um, and then I was well taken care of by my parents. Um, we were in a fortunate position. We weren't ever thinking, oh, where's the next meal going to come from? There was stability. Mm-hmm. I just thought, how can me, one person, have all of these resources available to me? And I was just born into it. It's not like I worked on something, put a lot of value out into the world, and then, you know, it, it comes back. I was just born into it. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, you know, I guess maybe I have all these resources available because then it will help me to kind of serve other people who don't have that because it's, or I'm already in a position where I have these things um, and, and this level of stability mm-hmm. that what I should do with it, what what I should do with all these resources is give a hand to others um, who didn't have such a good start to life. Yes. Yes. And you touch on such a key fact of, uh, you know, even me just looking back at, at my journey, there was definitely a turning point for me where, and, and I've shared this with the audience where I, I was a little bit opposite where I was, I experienced the experience of poverty even mm-hmm. though there were resources around me, there was just like a mental disconnect from having access to things. Uh-huh. And I re- and I remember feeling scared all the time and mm-hmm. so preoccupied with basic, basic survival needs. Like, where am I going to live? Where's my next meal going to come from? Um, uh-huh. And that, what was so fascinating is that's, partially why I feel so personally called to my my mission um, around abundance and prosperity and resources. And I find the journey so fascinating because there was a point where I made a decision <laughs> that, you know, at the soul level that I did, I appreciated the experience of that human experience. However, I was done with it and I wanted to experience the opposite and move into a state of stability and security and abundance. And it was a minute before that materialized. However, certain things did occur where I did come in into some support. And in my case, through the government for a time where Mm -hmm. all of a sudden the fear, like the survival needs were taken care of. And I, all of a sudden, I didn't have to think about where I was going to live or how I was going to eat. And I'm talking basic, basic survival. Yeah, yeah. However, that completely changed my existence because all of a sudden, my, I had capacities that I didn't have access to before. Like when we're in a fear state, we, we don't have access to our creative minds. And when we are in a place, not, not even having to thrive, but just having some security and feeling taken care of and having the experience of support Mm -hmm. completely changes the game. And then we're able to start thinking bigger and we're start, we're able to start creatively contributing to our life and the lives of others around us. So, Mm So I'm so curious to in your experience, because you have helped so many people over the years, is that something that you witness in their journey and their experience as well when they start to receive 
the support and the resources that your nonprofit is able to provide, do you see kind of like the spark and the light come on and like a signs of hope and signs of creativity for their future? I do, but I just have to say, you know, I'm at a slight distance from everything um, because uh, I'm not always at the projects themselves. So it's uh, the local people running the projects that will see those moments. But when I've been able to visit, um, then yes, in, in some cases, I mean, the kids are really small, some are even babies, so we don't know yet. Um, but yeah, I think um, it will have an impact going forward if you have that level of support mm -hmm. there and you know that somebody is there for you um, and our local partners are doing such great work and to the extent actually and this maybe fits in a bit with your question is that when we first registered as a nonprofit, uh, we're a children's nonprofit, so it goes up to 18 mm -hmm. and then at one of the projects the children were growing up and leaving and it was residential, so it was um, the place that had supported them. And then they wanted to study or learn some skills, and we couldn't do it. <laughs> so I had to take this to the board and ask, um, can we make this nonprofit for children and youth? Because this was the first time the children were growing up because we, I mean, we'd only been going for a few years. So yeah, this was like when it was happening. I was like, yeah, well, of course they need help with the next stage as well. And so the board approved this. Oh, we had to do the legal papers of the charity mission. All totally worth it <laughs> because now we can support uh, young people. So we're also um, supporting our partner organizations as they want to help students now. Uh, so yes, these young people feel supported because they want to take their next step in life. Yeah. And there's the resources, uh, like the university fees, but not only that, like the, even like just recently, we uh, managed to support a first year student with food supplies for the semester and also a laptop for her course. So these are all things that would be a struggle. Mm -hmm. um, but they also, like I said, we vet our partner organizations very carefully. So the ones who are working with the children and young people every day are definitely there for them as some kind of, I don't know, safety net is the right term, but but they know they're not alone in the world, if you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Wow. It's so incredible. I think what's so interesting is there's like this dichotomy of every human being, like there's this version of us that is very achievement and accomplishment oriented. And that's the part of us that shows up in the world, takes action and creates things. And then there's also this emotional, soft, vulnerable, authentic part of us, of our internal world that also goes on a journey. And I think that's something that I'm extremely fascinated by because these kinds of contributions in the world, I mean, just from a handful of conversations that I've had with you over the years, learning the intricacies that are involved with nonprofits and charity organizations are pretty mm -hmm. incredible. It's actually amazing to me that people have the ability to keep going because there are so many pieces to that puzzle. Yeah. And so what I'm curious about is 
that internal fire. And I know so much of it is, you know, our dharma, our life purpose. And I'm just so curious what your awareness is for yourself around at least the internal piece and that journey. Yeah, I I'm just really uh, feel like it's part of my purpose. For a while, I thought this was the purpose, but now I realize we can have many. When I was younger, this just felt this was it. This was right. Um, and I I was like, this is um, what I want to be doing is my contribution to the world. But now I realize even you can do more. Yeah. But like as you grow within yourself, there's maybe always a capacity to do more. So the nonprofit is part of what I'm doing, but I think there's a lot of things that are all potential. So mm-hmm. I just obviously, although I would love to do everything at the same time, <laughs> I have to find a, a proper sequence. But like, um, I even recently completed a coaching course. So this would be another way also to serve people in a totally different capacity Right. What I have, and like I mentioned to you, and uh, I I can mention on here, uh, like a couple of years ago, I got a chronic illness, and so this also gave me a completely different view mm-hmm. on life, and also possibly the opportunity to help others that have similar conditions to mine. Um, yeah, yeah. There's like, like, there's always something like that's not something I would have even like thought of before it happened to me and it's like yeah there's like so many things like layers in life yeah Yeah, I'm um also this is a bit more technical um looking at sort of language and cultural coaching too because I used to work abroad a lot and um sometimes the big differences especially using another language or settling in uh to a new way of life can be a bit difficult and I think there's potential Um, to help people get through those stages as well and then also the holistic coaching yeah I'm so much at the beginning with that but with some of the practice clients that I had to have on my course Uh um, looking at clarity um, and how they could kind of either make a change they wanted to make or reach a goal they were trying to get to and yeah I just really love um, helping people to reach a goal that they are trying to get to in life um yeah, so I, I really love this too. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, yeah, so another thing that uh, a few years ago, I didn't really think about coaching at all. So there we go. Love it. So coming back to um, just offering more expertise in your experience, one of the first questions I had asked you is if you had anything to share with our listeners around what are like the practical things that are involved with helping people to achieve their goals. So there's obviously the the step number one, which is like the visioning and even knowing what those goals are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You had mentioned the value of like listening to the experts around you and not even the experts, but just listening to the person in front of you and realizing mm-hmm. the power of the information that is coming your way of whoever you're serving. Truly, yes. everybody will give you what what you need to know to serve them. So I think that's so key. Yeah. Um, And then you also mentioned something along the lines of like immersion where you learn from others that are living the thing that you want to create. So I think those are so impactful and was just Mm -hmm. curious if you had anything else on a practical level, again, for anybody who might be listening and is 
feeling that call and having those whispers coming to them about something that they want to achieve or create, whether it's in their own health journey or in their professional or in their own kindness experiment. I was just curious what your thoughts were. I think uh, building from the two things you mentioned, which were so important, that there's a phrase coming to me and I've heard it in different variations and I do not know who to attribute this to. So if you uh, know, you can tell me. Um, it's about if you have a really strong why, you can go with or put up with rather anyhow. So if you know, or rather you feel very strongly about something, about putting something out there, about creating something, any way around it, however challenging it is, I think if your why is strong enough, you'll keep going because running a nonprofit is incredibly challenging at times in ways that people don't even think of from the outside, from the administrative things to actually, um, of course, we're helping children and youth from very difficult backgrounds and sometimes uh, they've been through a lot. Um, we work in partnership with locally run organizations, but everybody at my end of the nonprofit is a volunteer. So the organization is completely volunteer run and led. And I'm very grateful to all of those who give their time. So although, yeah, maybe I'm at a distance most of the time with a fundraising um of course, I've also personally vetted the projects because it's very important, you know, <laughs> to vet and know that we're working with very good organizations. And I have been in some incredibly emotional and difficult situations. So there's the emotional challenges and then like the everyday administrative challenges and even trying to do things that you don't know how to do. There's always a way you can ask someone, you can look it up. But I think if you have a really strong why, you will find a way because it it, it will drive you, even if it gets difficult. And at the beginning, something can, you know, if it's very new, it can be very challenging. And maybe people might think, oh, well, that's that then. Well, I give up. It's just like, <laughs> right. no, no, no. This is just, this is just hurdle number one. Like it, it gets better. <laughs> Yes. So for anybody who is listening to this, I hope that you're hearing what Rose is sharing is that, you know, it does all of us experience inspiration. And that's so beautiful. And that's so wonderful. However, that's just like such a small piece of actually manifesting and creating something and pulling vision into the world. And so that has to be followed with burning desire. And then that burning desire has to lead to a choice. And then that choice has to lead to commitment. And I loved the quote that you shared of, if you have a strong enough, why? Then how did you put it that you can tolerate the house? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. I really must find out who said that, but yeah. I love it. It's so, <laughs> it's so perfect. And you're absolutely right. You know, I'm a person who... Again, I, I've had such an interesting life experience of extremes. And so I've really gotten a chance to witness what it is like to be on both sides of the spectrum, good and bad of, of everything there is to offer in this human life. Mm -hmm. And so I remember really struggling with that lack of conviction, and that lack of commitment, and just not understanding the power of showing up and doing it, whether you feel like it or not, but knowing it 
the value of it because your word matters. And that truly is the only way to build trust with ourselves and build trust with, you know, others. Yeah. That commitment piece. So I, I know that whatever it is that you choose to create from here is going to stem from the exact same things that you've used to create your success up until now. And we'll just continue to magnify. So I'm so excited where where the journey continues to lead you to. And I want to circle back to what you had shared just a little bit ago around your health journey. And oh, yeah. I I want to share this because I before we started recording, actually, I was sharing with you a story that completely changed the direction of my life. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that your story has that potential as well, because it's so similar. And so I was sharing uh, with Rose earlier to the listeners that about a decade ago, I, and I'll, I'll continue sharing more transparently in other episodes about my own healing journey. However, I did get to that point of, um, kind of giving up thinking that that was it. That was my whole life. I was just going to live this sickness consciousness experience and that that was the end of the story. And it's okay for people to get there. I understand. And there was something really powerful that happened for me. I was watching a documentary about this other woman who I don't remember what her condition was, but she pretty much was bed bound. And that's where I was at the time. However, her story just completely changed my perspective because here this woman was barely able to move. However, with, you know, the right support and the right vision, she was able to still continue working. And she was like a movie producer or something in the media industry. And it just completely shocked me that somebody could be living those two different realities simultaneously, and that she could still find independence and that she could still find a way to contribute and thrive. And it it just completely rewired what I thought was possible in that moment. And it changed the trajectory of my life, actually. And a few years later, I found myself in film school and found myself on the journey of learning about media and the power of media and the fact that I, you know, I'm still in my healing journey. And so I still spend a lot of time from bed. And I still get to thrive because I was able to see myself differently and I was able to tap into new skills and new, new resources as a result of that one person's story. And that's what I find to be so incredible and so powerful is we just don't know. We don't know the effects that we will have on each other by simply sharing And so I know that you are just such a goddess when it comes to this part of your life, because as your friend, I know some of the the realities that you experience. And yet not once have I ever heard you 
communicate in any way as being a victim or of the circumstance. And I just, it constantly inspires me and reminds me of how much more I'm capable of. So anything, (laughs) anything that you feel comfortable with sharing about, you don't have to go into the details, but just maybe what some of that reality is and in spite of it, what you're still able to create. Cause I think, I think what I'm trying to tap into is the consciousness that you carry because you are just, you're like this limitless being. And I find it like, <laughs> like you're, such, <laughs> you're such a fascinating case study to me. And anyways, any part of your story that you feel comfortable with sharing, I think is so valuable. Well, what's coming to mind now is also relating to what you said about the focus, um, focusing on health or maybe um, some people may be tempted to focus on the lack of health. Um, I didn't have much of an option because what happened was, um, I won't go into all the details because it'll be quite long, but basically it did, uh, the, the condition I have does affect my mobility and it's also very rare. So, um, I had to get more than one opinion on what this was and we finally got it. Um, and just as I was going through that, trying to find out what, what was wrong, getting the diagnosis and then, um, yeah, with one of my, uh, feet I couldn't really walk anymore so I was like having to learn to walk again yeah Uh, projects in eastern Europe went into crisis it was a residential center um again it's best if children can be in a family setting uh, perhaps with foster parents Mm -hmm. but there are some cases where it's really not possible so this was a, a center for these eight children and teenagers that's it um family style home really wonderful really lovely um doing such great work with the kids then the director uh phoned me from there on messenger financial problems i yeah i i think some funding hadn't come through from the states and uh yeah this was then the biggest fundraising appeal we ever did to save this place and so i think I had to focus on other things as well, but that was because my wife at the nonprofit is very, very strong. Um, So it was like, yes, I am learning to walk again, but also this is such a great center for these kids. We can't go down. Um, Yeah. And it was like, sometimes with the fundraising, it helps if you're out and about, um, even if it's not for the nonprofit, maybe it's for work or something else. Of course, you're always meeting people. You can mention, oh, I have this project. If you have any ideas, sometimes people can even connect you with others who can fund it. I lost all of that because Mm -hmm. I wasn't mobile anymore. So everything was online. And also, um, I, I shared a bit about my condition and the mobility problems with the nonprofit supporters, because also this was like, I said, this was the biggest appeal at that stage that we had ever done. It got bigger during the pandemic. That's another oh, story. I bet. Um, yeah. Um, but so the, yeah, I just thought I must actually tell, especially our most loyal supporters who are always there, always coming through for the children and young people, such wonderful, generous kind amazing people that do this because otherwise it looks like yeah I'm emailing saying about this appeal but I'm not out there I'm not 
arranging any sort of fundraising event. I'm like, where am I? And I was like, okay, I'm going to have to tell people what's happening. Um, So yeah, sometimes just life happens. And I guess you just have to go with it without resisting because I really didn't want that to be happening, but it was happening. Right. So you just have to keep going forward. And actually when I had just got the diagnosis and um, the person who gave it to me, said just if you're going to look this up which I know you will don't go onto the second page of google if you can just stick with it because you're going to freak out of course I looked up loads and loads of things and uh right. entirely freaked out but um yeah I, I just happened to see a quote um on social media again I can't I can never attribute my quotes when I said this, but um, <laughs> it was something like um don't imagine this moment is anything other than it should be so I was like, oh, right, yeah, right. That's true. Because actually I was supposed to be going abroad again um, with some project and then uh, going abroad somewhere else afterwards because I, I was used to working abroad before all of this happened. Mm-hmm. And instead I was stuck trying to learn to walk again. And yeah. I was like, oh yeah, but I shouldn't imagine this moment is anything other than this. And if that's how it is, you know, what's going to make the next moment better? And that will be focusing on what I'm supposed to be doing uh, to, you know, get more mobile, physio exercises, um, anything else that I was supposed to be doing at the time. And yeah, also trying to help this project in Eastern Europe, which we did. I can't believe it. We actually <laughs> did it. Like, it was unbelievable times, so really. Wow, that's so amazing. And Yes, I a thousand percent understand and agree. Like there, you know, there's just the human part of us that is like, okay, body, this is so inconvenient. I have other things I want to do. However, there's so much growth. I mean, for me, at least so much spiritual growth in that journey of, and what's so interesting that now I'm, now I'm thinking a little bit more about it the way that I see you and I experience you is truly limitless. And here you are having this human experience of limitations. And it actually makes so much sense as you, at least for me, when I look more into the spiritual nature of this reality and everything that exists, everything in this world is dual, like dual reality nature, you know, like night and day, black and white, there's opposites to everything. And so it's kind of interesting as a soul to go on a journey of truly understanding what limitless is. It actually (laughs) makes so much sense that we first need to understand or also need to understand the other half of that spectrum of, of what maybe the limitation has to offer the lessons that it has to offer. And I imagine it, I imagine there's a lot of difficulty in it. However, the beautiful aspects, and maybe that's something that you can share more on is what has the experience of limitation brought to your life what were the gifts that it delivered that's a really good question because I got used to it so then (laughs) you forget the gifts that you learn along the way so it's actually really good to look back um one thing which I'm not sure is a gift in the way you meant but 
what was very strange about this was this all happened just before the pandemic. I got used to that situation. Mm -hmm. um, and then everybody had to go online and I was already adjusted and online doing everything. Oh, yeah. So then when the project appeals really kicked off uh, very urgently when the pandemic had just started, wow. um, that was that was crazy in another way. But we had already done this massive appeal that was our biggest ever for the project in Eastern Europe. Uh -huh. And so in any case, I was much more prepared um, without knowing that I was more prepared, but there I, there I was um, thinking, well, that happened. So that's just, amazing. Crazy, huh? Well, I mean, if you think about it, <laughs> those eight lives were completely forever changed because you were prepared, you know, and I think it's hard for us to like understand the impact and the value of that, what that truly means. But we don't like we don't know the future of those eight children as a result of having been cared for, right? Like yeah. like the children really are the most precious and valuable asset and resource on earth, without yeah. a doubt. They are they are the ones that are moving into the solutions of the future. And so the fact that your life lined you up with that level of preparation and availability even, and I, I think about that often, I think about, you know, if we were well and running around living life, how many other distractions would, would we have maybe gotten caught up in and would we have arrived at this very moment right now in service in this next step, who knows? So yeah, I find it very interesting. Yeah, like the way the timing lined up. And then, yeah, because everybody had to go online. So people were panicking mm -hmm. but because of my mobility issues. I was already there. And mm -hmm. I remember just as the pandemic started, we'd had some appeals in from some of our partner organizations that were working in education or they were schools. And of course, uh, then the lockdowns around the world started. They happened at slightly different times, but then... Uh, like um yeah because we're working in different countries so you could see the different things developing and then of course those appeals were cancelled because the schools were closed so we had like maybe a couple of very quiet days because we're like okay putting a hold on those appeals for now just to see what's happening mm -hmm. and then the emergency appeals started to happen um various things um two of our organizations that we partnered with started food programs because then if people weren't going to work, possibly they couldn't then provide for their children or they were children who had qualified for, in some countries there's free school meals or free school breakfasts, but the mm -hmm. schools were closed and the families actually couldn't provide that food. Um, so these food programs were set up to address that. And then um, a couple of our partner organizations, depending where they are and the, the culture and everything, would also fundraise locally. But of course, then events were all shut down. So then it's much more convenient for them to apply to us for funding. But we have to get it from somewhere. Um, it was all kicking off. We planned to launch a partnership with a new organization a couple of months later. And they said, is there any chance we could help them now? Because everything with the pandemic had sort of thrown them into completely unknown situation. Mm -hmm. um, 
yeah, this all kicked off. And had I been, you know, struggling to see how I could coordinate everything online, it would have slowed down our response, I think. Oh, a thousand percent. And it's such a, it's like really landing for me as I'm listening to you, what you shared about the other quote that you shared was so powerful about essentially wherever you are right now is exactly where you're supposed to be. (laughs) And that, you know, we can do our best with our human mind and imagination to understand that, but we simply don't know. And we don't need to know. We just need to know what is the next right thing in front of us. What is being asked of us in the next moment? And coming back to our ability to have an open heart and care for one another is such, it's such a gift. And like, if, if I really think about it, it's probably the only thing of true value that exists. (laughs) You know, and I, I'm laughing because I have spent a lot of time and a lot of energy in the recent years really honing my skills around things like abundance and manifestation and creation and entrepreneurship and all of those hold great value, you know, and they can go either way. They can be blessings and curses depending on the person uh, mm-hmm. utilizing them. Yeah. There's, you know, other, other topics that I'll be getting into in other podcast episodes. And those topics are still of high value to me. And I still see a lot of purpose behind exploring those because I think that they are tools for us to bring heaven to earth. However, the one that I would place as being the highest of all the values is the kindness because that really is the only, like, it's the only gift offering that we can share with one another. You know, it's like amazing if a person can thrive and create abundance for themselves it's such a beautiful thing however i think we have all witnessed uh you know in celebrity culture that mm-hmm. there's there's something missing that even though we're all chasing that because we're programmed to there is something that's lacking once a person achieves that experience And so I want to kind of just really, really connect with the essence of what kindness is and Mm -hmm. at least the value that you hold on it and what your experience of what does it mean and what is its value to you? Well, I think a big, big example that will show the value of kindness and that its impact continues long after we do is going back to starting the nonprofit when you asked about kind of how things began mm-hmm. um, with the project in Africa the woman who founded it she passed away um a while ago but up until that time we had been very close um her project continues um yeah, uh, other members of her family uh, stepped in <laughs> and um, they have staff, yes, it's continuing. But she was the driving force behind that. She was the founder. She was so amazing. 
and I have been back to that project since she passed away. And I remember one time just standing at the gates of the school and looking at the youngest classes coming in and out at the break time. Mm. And I'm like, wow, she had this vision. She brought it into reality. And now she's not even here on earth with us anymore. And the youngest children wouldn't even have been born when she was still alive. Mm -hmm. Um, And look, they're getting an education because of something she started in her life. And so kindness is something that just can go on. Um, You can start something, can value the kindness, the serving others. And it can just, it continues. Um, So yeah, for me, that was just so, so powerful that day I was standing there and just thinking, wow, these kids weren't even born. Wow. There they are going to school, getting an education. So there you go. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, essentially (laughs) what I'm hearing is that is a way to have immortality. I mean, really, because everything else that we create in this temporary human life is just a dream for for ourselves and those that we connect with. However, as you shared, kindness being the seed to create something that lasts beyond us. Yeah. And, and continues to give, even though we're not even there anymore, is such, I mean, I don't know if there's anything more powerful if you really, really examine it. She's continuing to touch lives and improve lives. Right. Still. Right. I mean, that's just, I think that's so phenomenal. And I think that that's probably why I'm, I'm particularly the most excited about this series, because I think it is possibly an untapped resource Mm -hmm. that we haven't quite understood yet the power of and you know I I often will get visions of the future possibilities the future potentials and I always always see them rooted in networks of kindness and right and like creating solutions for one another and sharing resources with one another because what we've witnessed currently not I wouldn't say it's not working, but I think it has a lot of challenges because a lot of it is rooted in fear and poverty mentality and limitations and not having access to basic necessities. You know, I heard a statistic that shared, I think it was 70% of the world does not experience the things that the other 20 or 30% of us absolutely take for granted every day, you know, kind of what you shared about being born into a life of privilege in so many ways. And when we, when we don't know anything else, it's, it's hard not to get caught up in still thinking that we're lacking. And so I think that kindness actually is the antidote Mm -hmm. to to poverty consciousness and to lack and actually to fear and, Mm -hmm. and like the gateway to the ultimate, which is love. And so even though love is such an abstract concept, 
I think kindness is something that's very grounded and it's very easy to understand and it's very clear when you see it. And so I think it's um, something I'm really, really looking forward to creating containers around and experiences around in the future. So I just, again, want to thank you so much, Rose, for first of all, just coming on and being willing to share your story, because I know it's, it's so vulnerable to, <laughs> to, to share. And it's such a powerful gift that you're giving me and to anybody who is blessed enough to be able to hear your story. Well, and thank you. Thank you for inviting me on. And also thank you just for creating such a wonderfully safe space to be able to share a story like this. So thank you, Kat. Yes, you're so welcome. And this is an invitation that I'm putting out on every episode. One of the things that I find so interesting about the podcasting world and the current media, the way that we see it is there's often a little bit of a disconnect because at least in my experience, sometimes I'm learning and hearing new concepts and ideas from people who have really already made it and like are at the top of the mountain shouting down how to get up there. And sometimes it feels so far away and so difficult to really connect to the thought that we can also make that journey. And so what I have personally found in my own experience has been learning from my peers and learning from the people who are on the journey, maybe a few steps ahead of me or side by side and sharing what it is that they're learning. And I have, believe it or not, I have had way more transformation witnessing other stories at that level mm -hmm. than you know, what we call the experts. And so the invitation is to the audience that if any of you out there are listening and you have a story similar that you would love to share around any of the topics that I dive into again, which is abundance, manifestation, creation, or entrepreneurship, uh, kindness, connection, which is like, could be a bunch of things, but maybe like even soulmate connection. And then of course, healing. Um, in the future, I'll be hosting like actual live experiments where we'll get to really meet each other and spend more time. And I just find it so fascinating to be able to do like real life case studies of people that are living the journey and they have something to share and, a, you know, a way for me to learn again from my peers. So thank you, Rose, for being our first example of an anonymous interview. And so anybody who's listening to this, I want you to know that that is something that is available. Um, depending on your comfort level, if you would like to come on the show and be on camera and share your name, wonderful. And if not, then you're absolutely welcome to come and share your story anonymous and off camera audio only because I really and truly believe that the power is in the stories. So just again, thank you so much for coming on and being our first example of what can be created um, in this format. And if you have any parting words for our listeners today around this particular 
topic of kindness or even around bringing their dreams into reality. You know, like that's the whole vision of this podcast is dream into being. If you have any parting words of inspiration or wisdom to share with everybody. Um, I guess, firstly, just to say thank you. Thank you for, again for inviting me to be part of this. And just to say, like, if you feel that calling, um, don't push it away. Um, you can you can listen to it. And like I said, you can find support or, or, or like you're saying, Kat, don't have to look at, as you say, people shouting down from the top of the mountain, even somebody who's maybe just a few steps further than you, if it's something you really want to do, um, it's always possible. Um, yeah, if it's, if it's a dream and you want to go with it, I really do think that, uh, with some determination and, uh, working through the doubts, it's really, really possible just to go forward and to do that. And I can just, say that I, I'm sure if you go out there and put something out there and it's making a difference for others, it's going to be so greatly appreciated and you don't even know the knock-on effects you'll have. So just start uh, with whatever you have, with whatever you can do, just uh, take that first step. Yes, a thousand percent. I mean, it's so amazing to me that the first step leads to the next one, to the next one, to the yeah. next one. And it really is just it's having that vision and that commitment and that's all we need. And it's amazing to me, like the right people and support and resources always show up at the moment that you need them. It's pretty phenomenal. Yeah, yeah that's so true. So we'll go ahead and close out our episode for today. And one last thing that I wanted to share with our listeners is Uh, Rose and I were trying to figure out how to solve this particular problem, but uh, her nonprofit is such a incredible organization and it has moved me personally since the day I learned about it. And it is something that my company does contribute to. And I was asking her how we could figure out a solution because in this case, the interview is anonymous and so is the nonprofit. And my question to her was, in case any of the listeners reach out and they are curious about how they can contribute or give, even if it's, you know, something small, anything is appreciated. And uh, the solution that I think that we came up with that could work for now is since my business and Visionaire Studios is currently a contributor. If there is anybody out there listening to this episode and you feel inspired to send a contribution, go ahead and reach out to me. My email is in the description box. And what we can do is figure out a way to transfer funds so that I can make the contribution for you and then send you the receipt. So something along those lines, I think can work. And then we'll, we'll think more. I'm sure I'll have you again on Rose in the future as you continue on in your evolution. And uh, we'll figure out ways to, to get resources to you and to your nonprofit. But I just wanted to put that out there. If there are any listeners that do feel inspired that we will figure out a way. Thank you. And thank you for your amazing support as well. I'm beyond grateful. Oh, it's so incredible. I mean, I'm just 
if anything, I'm so absolutely grateful that I get to be an experience now where I do have access to comfort and convenience and resources that I get to share. And again, I think that is so incredibly powerful. Yeah, it's amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Well, we're going to sign off. Thank you all so much for listening and stay tuned for uh, the next episode that we're going to be bringing to you. It's either going to be abundance, manifestation, creation, kindness, connection, or healing. So thank you all to the listeners and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you.